legend, ladies, we on our way. You want for each city? Come on, let's play. Because they have no preconception of like how you should be yeah. based on what you look like, Preach. and they know even if you're like one way, you could be completely different in a different mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Looking for that special one, cause I love international. Maybe you're the one. Bienvenidos a Estoy Aquí. We are your hosts, Catherine Castro and Catherine Borgen. Somos guerreras de cultura y justicia, bringing you your bi-weekly dose of spice. Hey, B, how are you? How you been? Girl, I'm amazing. Como Chimbita just featured us Ooh. on their fucking on their <laughs> Instagram story, girl. I'm crying in Spanglish. Girl, yes. Oh my God, that made my night. Mm -hmm. I hope we're able to meet them on their upcoming tour. Shout out to Combo Chimbita. If you hear this, sign into the DMs. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've been good. Just hustling, bustling, ya tú sabes. Nada para. Mm -hmm. um, I have been wondering, though, getting into my little existential mode, what would my life have been like had I grown up in multiple cultures outside of my parents' culture? <laughs> what do you mean? Have you heard of third culture kids? I mean, yeah. Isn't Rafi third culture? That's someone who has spent like their entire childhood growing up in countries and cultures outside their parents, no? Yeah, exactly. His outlook on life and perspective is just so different from mine. Like he spent most of his developmental years of his life around in different cultures and countries outside of his parents, which is from Tanzania and from Iowa. Cool. So, to get a better understanding on this perspective, we decided to interview our friends, Amari Hemming, an expert marketing strategist, Donovan Allen, a software engineer, and Rafael Poiz, a cybersecurity student who are all based in D.C. The three are lifelong friends who have lived the chunk of their developmental years and cultures outside of their parents. It's going to be a good one, y'all. What does being third culture mean to you? Um, all right, what cult third culture means to me um, is living abroad um, and for, you know, a, a period of time where you're able to, like, actually experience and be immersed in a culture that you weren't born in. Uh, I think for me particularly, it was, like, I moved, to, I moved abroad when I was, like, really young, so I spent a lot of, like, my formative years um, in South Africa, which is where I grew up. And, like, I think that's a part of, like, like when you're spending, like, your four maybe or somewhere, and it's, like, part of, your, like, your background and, like, 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 you're growing up and, like, what makes you you. Um, and it's, it's kind of, like, outside of the norm. And I think that's kind of what the concept is to me in terms of, like, like not having a regular, like, run-of-the-mill standard, like, upbringing in terms of, like, where you are in the world physically. I think that has a lot of effects on, uh, I don't know, like a lot of things later in life. That you said it was it's the formative years? Because mm -hmm. I definitely see that differently, right? Like our parents have lived overseas in a number of places, but I wouldn't really call them a third culture kid. It's kind of like they're from where they grew up mm -hmm. and they're yeah. usually from one place. Yeah. You know, and then they bring that to different cultures and they learn different cultures, mm -hmm. but they're still kind of that mm -hmm. thing. Like, my dad's been in Africa for, like, ever. Yeah. Forever. I found out, actually, recently, he's never owned his own cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They all Peace Corps phones? Yeah. yeah. All Peace Corps yeah. phones. 
And I was like, you have an iPhone. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to, like, buy a new one. And I was like, that blows my mind. So he's been in Africa longer than cell phones were. Not just smartphones, cell phones. Yeah. But, like, I still see him as American. Yeah. You know? He still wears dashikis and stuff, does completely African stuff. But, like, I see him as American because he grew up in Iowa. Like, his whole, like culture and everything came from you know he won blue ribbons at like this the farm fair for like raising the best pig and I'm like that's <laughs> my, that's my yeah. so like for being third culture it's definitely like you don't have that like solid mm-hmm. one place it's just dispersed around like your formative years as Donovan was saying yeah. or like multiple <clears throat> different places us moving abroad now let's say, you know, granted, situations were different. We, like, grew up in the States as Americans, and we move abroad as, like, 20-year-old, like, you know, in our late 20s or early mm-hmm. 30s. Like, it's not really the same as, like, you know, learning things when you're in another country, you know, like, learning how to drive in another country or, like, <laughs> kind of, like, you know, having Your mind's friends pretty in middle up, school that are from, that you know, Europe and Asia that don't speak English, you know, like... I don't know, it's like, it's, it's different in that way, and I think that's why, like, the kid part of so essential, you know, it's like, it's kind of like where you came from, your upbringing. I think it's definitely because, like, kids are really fluid, right? If you yeah. teach kids languages, they'll learn mm-hmm. really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll be, like, bilingual, yeah. right? But if you try and teach an adult a different language, it's very, diff- like, hard for them to get through it. And I think that just, like, with all the different cultural aspects, like driving on the road, right? Yeah. We got here, um, I'm sure for you two, we're probably in the States a lot more than I was, uh-huh. but you're like, yeah, right side, left side. But it wasn't hard to like figure out, but I started driving later on. And also for me, it was like driving on the right side of the road yeah. was kind of a concept for me for a little while. Like it wasn't, it wasn't hard, right? But it was definitely like, I learned to drive stick shift yeah. in a country where like you don't have any rules. <laughs> Right? And you drive on the left side. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Traffic lights are suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And then I get here and I'm nervous about driving because I was like, yo, people go to jail for this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And tags me. You have to in your lane? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. What is a lane? Tags me people drive on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely had those moments where, like, I'm driving down the street, and if there's no one else on the street, I won't remember what side I'm supposed to be on. So I'm, I'm taking a guess, and, you know, we'll see what happens. So actually, driving in D.C. is a little bit like Africa, except, like, you know, I'll get pulled over. Yeah. Um, I think for uh, what third culture means, uh, third culture kid means to me is being able to code switch. Like, we can talk to people you know, people from Africa, people from Asia, and we will assume, like, the way they're speaking, yeah. like, they're basically their entire culture, and we'll feel like we are part of, like, sometimes I have to pinch myself and say, like, hey, I'm not brown. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, I will be so invested in the conversation so much, and yeah. speaking in, like, a brown accent. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's so, um, it's, it's just comes so natural. Like, it's honestly hard to stop yeah. at times, I would say. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. Do you feel like you can... You're not, because you're not, you know, and I think kind of the, like, the crux of it is, like, you don't feel like you're a part of any of those, but kind of like the quote is, like, you're a part of all these cultures, but none of these cultures, and, like, because of that, I think you grow up around so many different people that you can assimilate to, like, you know, it's like, yeah, like, you know, I had a best friend that was, you know, 
Chinese or I had a best friend that was Indian. So it's like, I, I spent my childhood at their houses, you know, it's like I yeah. grew up with their families and like, so it's like you kind of like when you get older, it's like those things still follow you. And it's like, you're, you feel like you, you know, it goes back to the code switching. It's like, you're, it, it comes so seamlessly because you're, you've like, you've grown up assimilating like that. And it's like part of your personality at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. It's definitely funny how, like, you notice certain things, too. Like, <clears throat> like you said, when you have a best friend who's, like, from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, like, you go over to their house. Like, when I had any friend audit, you guys know them. Uh, and, yeah. like, <laughs> go over to his house. He'd be like, yeah, Rafi, my mom's making butter chicken. And I was like, bet, I'll be there. <laughs> it wasn't even a discussion, really. It was like, the butter chicken's happening. Like, what time? <laughs> but, like, so I'd go there. I'd have that. And then, like, you get stateside, and you're like, this butter chick. Yeah. It's not how my friend's mom is. <laughs> and I feel like you can feel that way about a lot of foods. You guys went to China, right? Yeah. So, like, that's not, a, like, a country I grew up in. I don't think, did you guys ever know? But, like, just being there, I think we assimilated a lot more. Like, that's another thing. You can, like, get more from cultures. Yeah. During a shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I was there... And I'm sure everybody who goes to China feels this way, though. It's like you eat the Chinese food, then you come here and you have Chinese food, yeah. and it's like, no. Yeah. Panda Express is not Chinese food. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though, like, I don't know, that reminded me of like, like, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, I was just thinking of friends that I had, you know, growing up, like Oba, for example, right? It's like, you know, we would, yeah, we would like spend our weekends and his, you know, he had, he was Dutch and his family was Dutch and like he lives in Holland now and, but we would wake up in the mornings and eat like traditional Dutch breakfast and things like that, you know, just like cheese and whatever, whatever else. And like, like you get later in life and you know, you have these like little inklings of like things that you've picked up along the way and it's like, like, what are you doing? I was like, I- I'm not Dutch and I don't claim to be Dutch, but it's like. <laughs> I support the Dutch national team. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like certain things. It's like, I don't know. It's just kind of like you're kind of pulled in these different directions because, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't necessarily, you know, when I was, I moved to South Africa when I was like six years old. So it's like, I didn't, I, I didn't know what it meant to identify as, you know, an American or, you know, things like that. So you gotta, yeah, you assimilate. I, f- I felt it was tougher to assimilate back into the States than it was to move to other countries. Yeah. yeah. Because in the state, like, over there, you're treated as probably, like, the token black guy. And, like, we were, what, like, out of the African-Americans that were in the school, mm-hmm. maybe we were, like, four, five-ish. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't much. And when I moved to Bangladesh, I was one of two African-Americans, mm-hmm. or one of three African-Americans that were in the school. And, you know, when you come back to the States, everyone treats you like just a regular, Af- like... Yeah. And and so you, for me, I know I struggled with, like, how to, like, relate to people back in the States. Like, sure, I could talk about, like, hip-hop, and sure, we all wore, like, baggy-ass shorts <laughs> and, and all that stuff. But, like, in terms yes, of... <laughs> oh, it was awful. Oh, God, it was awful. Like, my shorts started at my knees and then went down yeah. to my... But it was completely unfounded. It's like, it was, we didn't grow up in the, like... Yeah. You know, in, 
southern United States or, you know, they didn't grow up in the hood or, like, we didn't. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all we saw in music videos just, like, everyone else. It literally, literally, the only, the way that we knew we were African-American is looking at music videos yeah, and looking exactly. at what, and look at what Alan Absolutely. Iverson did yeah, dude, that next so day. Nice. And so, like, when you would come, so when you'd come back to the States and you're, like, well, like, I don't necessarily talk what, how other black people in the yeah. States talk, but... So you're like, what's that? Uh, it's that like childish Gambino song where it's like you're too black for the white kids, too white for yeah, the white. Like yeah. you're like in this middle space, so you don't know who to kind of relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, and it's like you're no longer like you're kind of instead of being like the token black kid, you're now like one of a larger group of like African Americans or black community where yeah. you're kind of like you know people are expecting you to fit in a certain way. Yeah, you know? and it's like. Yeah, maybe you didn't grow up that way, you know? It's like, maybe you don't have the same, yeah. like, you know, inclination. I, I had to lie about knowing what chitlins were. <laughs> so, so fucking long. <laughs> like, I just didn't, we did not have that growing, like, yeah. we had our own version in Africa, but we didn't, but I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, like, chitlins this, chitlins that, and, like, grits and doing all that kind of stuff. And I just had no, like, that was over my head like I just had not known any of that kind of stuff <laughs> collard greens yeah first time I had collard greens I was like mm, not for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. like I still have a strong connection to like the south and like I still have a strong connection to like my family in that way even though I didn't like I don't like uh, identify myself as being from there you know, it, it's kind of weird because, like, things change over time as well. And I think that's also another, just kind of, like, going off on a tangent. But, like, me being, like, a third culture kid, like, and kind of the post-third culture kid. And it's, like, when you're back where you were born and, like, for a long period of time and it's, like, you're no longer, you can't really, like, claim that place anymore. You're, yeah. like, you're just, you know, a regular American who, like, spent some time abroad and, like, you kind of want to uh, kind of continue those sorts of things that you've learned, but, like, it's hard because you're, I don't know, it kind of continues. You, you want to assimilate to wherever you're at, and, like, those things change over time as you get older, and, like, I don't know, it's different. So do you feel like you lose a little bit of yourself? Yeah, it, yeah, it's weird, because it's, like, you know, I like, for me personally, my, like, I feel like my recent experience has been, like, you know, when people ask me where I'm from, like, for the longest time, I would say South Africa, because that's where I, that's where, I, like, home has felt like, but I haven't been there, like, I no longer have a, my parents aren't there anymore, like, I haven't been back in a few years, like. But you got the house though, right? No, my parents sold the house, no. like, I don't, I, yeah, I'd like, I don't have a Gene connection Wilson. there anymore. But it's like, I, you know, it's like, I can't, and I, Inside, it feels like I can't claim it like the way I used to, yeah. and so it's like the, I feel like I want you know those things are kind of like fading away slowly, even though they're still a big part of who I am and like what I am today and stuff like that. I don't know, yeah. something I've been thinking about recently. I think that's why we keep each other around. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big part. Uh, of truthfully, it. like, like we obviously we're like best friends, but like we keep each other around to like help us remind of ourselves yeah. like the old days. Yeah, and like and still being gross. Like earlier, we were talking about like South African hit like um, songs and South yeah, African yeah. house music. Like we like to keep, we still like to be involved in like some yeah. type of way. And like having all your friends from back then around like is is like the best way to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not like you know it's not like 
home where it's like, you know, it's a place you go back to and you can like, you have, you know, a house there where you can, you know, not, you don't necessarily have a house there where you can just like go and stay whenever or like afford a $2,000 ticket to just fly on a whim. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think it's become like an idea. Like yeah, home has exactly. become an idea. Hold on and that's why like when we idea. hang out together, like it feels like home. It yeah. feels like just yeah, being yeah. back in South exactly. Africa. For old yeah. country. <laughs> <laughs> For real though. Yeah. That's yeah. Saying. So when people ask you where you're from, where do you say? Um, I've been going with Detroit yeah. <laughs> for so for, for so very long. Um, but honestly, I think I've started to tell people like I'm. I I say that I'm more from DC than I am from Detroit. Yeah, like I've been here for about eight years, and this is the longest place that I've ever lived in a in a place, and so. Yeah, so I've, I honestly feel more D.C., and I know, like, all the different areas. I feel like I've seen the gentrification gap here, which is usually what people complain about when they're from a place. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like when I, the next time somebody asks me that question, I probably want to say D.C. Yeah. 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 That's what I've been going with recently, just because, like, I've, I've been here, like, you, like, 10 years now. And, like, before this, South Africa was the longest place I lived. I lived in South Africa for 10 years. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, it feels like now it's like DC takes that spot because just naturally it does. I don't know. That's so interesting. You guys have that perspective. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like I'm like at the precipice of that, right? Like, I, I don't know. I feel yeah. I've been, you know, it's like when people ask me, it's, I have to think about it. You know, I yeah. used to be just like, you know, from South Africa and then tell them the whole story and then blah, blah, blah. And then yeah. Blah stuff. But it's like, I don't know. It's like been a, a deadly yeah. question in the beginning, right? Yeah. It's like, when we first got here, I think it's amount of time, right? Yeah. The longer we spent here, the more comfortable I feel saying it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the same as you. I've been here nine years now. Yeah. And when I thought about that the other day, I was like, holy shit. That's the longest time I've ever been anywhere. Yeah. And it's just, like, crazy to me. Because I think South Africa was eight years. Mm-hmm. Like, five years and maybe before that. But, like, whenever someone would ask you where you're from, I think at first all of us would have that experience where it's like, well, do I say the whole thing? Yeah. Is it like where my parents are from? Yeah. Is it like How much where I was time born? do you have? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's my passport? Yeah. Yeah. You know? How interested are they really in this yeah. conversation? Yeah. So a lot right. of times. <laughs> over. Yeah. yeah, so originally, a lot of the time, if I, like, if I was invested in a conversation, I'd be like, well, I grew up in South Africa, but my, I was born in America. Yeah. yeah. Right? But if I'm not invested, I'll be like Silver Spring. <laughs> what? That's what you said to me Down when I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I just carried down the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's just local enough that they're like, oh, very specific. <laughs> There's no way this person could have lived abroad. Yeah, but well, he's not. Perfect. Do you say you're from DC because it's easier, or because it really feels like home, mm-hmm. or like where you're from? Uh, it wanted it it it. it is easier I would say but I would say since I've been here for so long and my mom also lives here in DC and she's made it home and now I have like all, like a lot of friends that are around here that have made it home it feel it it's it feels like home yeah yeah it's not just that easy answer anymore yeah I think, I think and that's part of like I think my parents moving back to this area kind of changed that as well like I would I, when you asked the question originally, I was I was leaning towards just like it was easy, but like when your parent like I don't know when your parents move back somewhere, you know it's kind of like and also for my whole family's here now, so like like you know it it's just like you have more of a support system. It feels more like 
hometownish in the sense that you can just go to you know your parents place you yeah. know whatever or go to your drive to your brother's place for you know dinner or like holidays and things like that yeah um so yeah i think it's a it is definitely a little bit of a um for me at least do you guys feel like some sort of ground like level ground in terms of identity or is that something that you've had evolving over time or uh, it's kind of like as you go i think for me it's a little bit cultural identity yeah yes. it's i think it's it's really difficult because it it also depends like how strongly I think your parents identify with different cultures. Like, my mom is extremely Tanzanian, getting more so by the day that, that she lives back there. <laughs> like, it's amazing. So there are a lot of things that, like, I kind of identify Tanzanian, but it, it feels like I don't a lot of the times because maybe it's, like, an American way that I view it. And it's just like it depends on kind of the situation. I think a lot. So for me, it's like it's never set in stone. I never feel like I'm more one way or the other. I'm always kind of like shifting yeah. the way I view things. Yeah, I think I I in the beginning I when I came back to the states I definitely struggled with identity because um, so my first two years I lived in Boston. And I probably had more racist incidents happen in Boston than in South Africa, Bangladesh, any of the other countries combined. Like, the amount of times I got, I got called the N-word, the amount of times that, like, I, like people would literally want to start fighting us because, it, because I was the only black guy in this crew. And they would call me something, and then one of, our, one of my friends would say something back to them, and then they would start fighting us. And so, for me, coming from, like, you know, I mean, we were pretty privileged over there because um, we went to pretty good schools and we and our we the houses were su- um, supplied by the government. And coming back here and realizing like what it really means to be black and like how you have to like navigate all that kind of stuff, like that was that was like that was that was super tough for me because it was because uh, the last place that I had lived was in Bangladesh, so I felt more comfortable around brown people at that time you know yeah it'd be you'd have like little racist moments and and all that but you know like I just had to we I I remember there was one time we went to a house party in like Packers Bay which is where Boston University is and there was it was me and a bunch of other brown people and Arab folks and we came we came to this house party we were invited and there wasn't that many people in there but as soon as they saw it was a bunch of brown and black people, then they said it was at capacity. And then as soon as we were walking away, then a whole bunch of white people went like right in. And so like I just didn't. My dad is Jamaican, and so he didn't necessarily he didn't have to deal with a lot of those um, racial incidents in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't have that that conversation with me because he just didn't go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like it was, it for me it was it was a definite struggle. Like it was. Like, should I be more black? Should I, like, should I, one, fight these dudes? So, like, I still don't think I fully have it all figured out. Um, but, like, I, I definitely way better than I, than I did then. But it was, it, was, it was shaky ground for a little while, like, trying yeah. to figure that trying to figure that out. There. Yeah, I would say it's similar for me, too, because I, like, my, my parents were, like, my parents grew up in the South. So, unlike your dad, who grew up in Jamaica, my parents grew up in, like, Southern Arkansas, in the, like, 60s and 70s, like, could tell you 
sit you down for hours and tell you about all the racist things that happened to them like throughout their entire life. So my mom was always the one that's like, like hammering all this stuff into me, like every, and like I remember when I was, I used to get so annoyed like when my mom would like call these things out and like I'd be like, like mom, come on, like it's not a race thing, like blah blah, blah. like you know, it's like yeah, and it's like she, it, it's so clear that she saw things through a different lens because of her upbringing. And, the, and things that I haven't really been able to notice until recent, and until you spend time in a place like even DC, we're like pretty, you know, shielded from a lot of like what real America goes through in terms of a lot of that stuff. But like, I mean, we still see it all the time, right? Like, but a lot of those things, I I feel like I kind of um, like I was in denial about just because we grew. Up, I mean, even like there's like a lot of layers here, right? It's like we grew up in South Africa. Or at least, you know, three of us did together when, when I, I grew up in South Africa personally. And, like, there's, you know, a lot can be said about its racial history. But at the end of the day, we went to an international school. And, like, there were, you know, we didn't really, like... I feel like we were a little bit shielded from a lot of that day-to-day. Yeah. Day. yeah. Um, and, like, you know, a lot... Like, we... I feel like we just didn't really... We weren't exposed to any of the sort of... Um, kind of, like, tensions or incidents, like, you know, growing up. And for me, I think it created an idea that, like, you know, maybe, you know, things were, or, uh, you know, it's like, as as a, you know, third culture kid that you can kind of, like, traverse things in a certain way and that, like, you know, maybe these things aren't happening or you're not seeing it the way you think you are. And then my mom was like, come on, like, you gotta, like, <laughs> like, like, come on, you see this, like, white dude that just, like, you know, pushed his cart into my, like, shins, like, blah, blah, I was like, come on, mom, like, he was just, like, you know, he was just playing around, I don't know, but it's like, and now when you get older, it's like, you see those things, and you start to identify more, like, I had, I'm beginning to identify more, you know, as a result with, with, a bit, like, black American culture, like, I haven't before, especially given the times that we're living in, and, like, a lot of those things I feel like didn't really affect me, or, like, I didn't really think about them on a, you know, any sort of, like, substantive level because of, like, how you identify at the end of the day. Um, and I think now the more time you spend immersed in it and, like, those things kind of come to light. I think that, like, culturally, the Americans focus a, focus a lot on race. Hmm. Like, very much it happens in other places, but I think in America it's very vocal. Yeah. And, like, it happens a lot. People talk about race all the time. It's a constant discussion. Whereas, like, other places, even though you see these, like, things happening and you're aware of it and, like, people talk about it, it's not as much talked about. Like, I could, I'm strictly, like, half and half. Yeah. Like, if you trace back my dad's lineage, it's going to go back to, like, Holland. Mm -hmm. like Dutch. He grew up in a Dutch farming community. And then my mom's going to go back and just be, like, black Africans in Tanzania. Like, so I could be, like, 50-50. But in America, the way it's taught is that if you have one drop of not white blood, yeah, you're that other thing. You're like tainted, really, is what yeah, it yeah. is. Really, yeah, I mean, yeah. where it so, came from. That's the historical context. Yeah. Like that's how much it is, and and so like I have those. I think going back, just just generally being a third culture kid, that's the difference that we have is growing up in those situations. Yeah. Right. Whereas here. If you grow up black, you're black. Yeah. Right? 
I grew, I've had black experiences here, um, but I've not, but I've also had like white experiences somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like if I go to Cape Town, I'm from the flats, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like predominantly mixed color community that carries its own different kind of like connotations. Yeah. And it's really just like where you are that defines how people, like the locals treat you. And I feel that's why I feel really comfortable with like third culture kids. It's because they have no preconception of like mm-hmm. how you should be mm-hmm. yeah. based on what you look like. Preach. And they know even if you're like one way, you could be completely different in a different mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And it's like, it's not an issue. They're like, okay, yeah, I get yeah. Right? That's kind of like the baseline understanding is like, is that there is no... There's, there yeah, is there's no, no set. Yeah, like, exactly. It's all it's shifting. Like, yeah. It's like you build your house on sand. It can be different yeah. today to the next day. True. 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 You know? So I think that's, like, what really helps TCK, like, code shifting and all that mm-hmm. stuff is that yeah. we realize, like, there's a lot of flexibility to it. But if you grow up somewhere else, I'm sure, like, we've all met people who are, like, entrenched in the way they think. And they're like, I'm never going to, like, this is how the world should be. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is how everybody should live their life. And we're like, well, I've seen it lived a different way. To yeah. me, just like, you know, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. Yeah, true. So you just live your life. Yeah. I'd be interesting to hear and like what um, specific like traditions, values, like collections of traditions, values, or ideas that you've absorbed from other cultures. Uh, the sense of family. That's been, that's something that I've, especially being in Bangladesh, like everyone is very family centric. And I, 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 that's not something I had growing up. And, like, when you see people with, like, their other families and they have, like, all these traditions that they like to do, cultural traditions, religious traditions, whatever it is, um, that's something I definitely missed. And that's something, like, I would try to, like, implement in my life in some type of way. But, yeah, no, I would say, yeah, traditions and family, those are, those are key things yeah. that I... Yeah, um, mine would be kind of related, but, like, it's just, like, the sense of... Um, uh, kind of camaraderie and like spending time together that I feel like is and like I grew up in Africa where it's it's very much like there's still like very much like tribal mindset where you know it's, you know it's, everything's like very communal and like you know even when you go to people you know there's things I notice even till today like my parents are back they live in Maryland now but like they do little it's like little things where it's like you know and in Africa, and I'm sure most places overseas, you're, like, expected to, like, you know, like, see your guests out and, like, you know, go out to, you know, watch, you know, watch their car, you know, drive away, basically, you know, it's, like, what you feed them, you know, you make sure, like, you cook this huge meal that could feed probably, like, 50,000 people, and, yeah. like, um, you know, even when you're going out to, like, restaurant, like, on a practical note, right, like, here, everything's very, like, you know, when you're going out to restaurants, specifically, everything's very, like, quick. quick and, like, trying to, like, turn tables around. But you go out, like, overseas and everything's, like, they expect you to spend, like, hours there, like, talking and laughing and, yeah. like, you know, people don't even get the food for a while. And it's, like, you're just kind of, like, hanging out with your people. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah. no one's even thinking about the food. It's, like, more wine and, like... You know, yeah. here it's like, all right, like let's get this table to somebody else because this is an eating establishment. Like you should be eating, yeah. and then like we'll get you out of someone else to eat. Like little things like that. It's, it's like a cultural, like uh, kind of a different cultural shift where it's like, 
you know, I think it's more, it leans a little bit more towards, you know, kind of those connections with, you know, your, your, your tribe, you know, your village and, you know, your people, yeah. um, that like is really kind of prioritized above a lot of things yeah. based on my experience. Me too. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You've definitely seen it in the country of Miami. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all yeah, spend like what Lord. five hours at a restaurant? <laughs> so, like, you know, that. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's you know, that's a difference yeah. too. Like you look at China, they made the lazy Susan so you could share food. <laughs> yeah. Right? In America it's like, this is what I ordered, this is mine. Yeah. I'm eating this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's just like it's it's a different culture. It's a different way. Like but there's so many different types of cultures, you know? Mm -hmm. There's so much. There's just why it's fun to travel. It's just, like, see how other people live. Yeah. It's actually why I'm also super, like, interested. To me, it still blows my mind, like, just because I work so close to Baltimore and I live so close to D.C. Mm -hmm. These are, like, two really big hubs, but the cultures are immensely different. Mm -hmm. yeah. And these cultures don't really mix because no one drives up 295 for, like, 45 minutes. <laughs> no. To be in a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. But it's like, DC is more like people, it's more international. There are people trying to like excel their careers and stuff. In Baltimore, it's about people just like living their life. They're just like, they don't really, it's not about advancement. They're just trying to live, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And they're just like chilling. I'm not, I think it's like a third culture kid. You're not settled on a location, yeah. a territory. Yeah. Or, if if something is a good setup for me over there, I'm gonna go over there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's very nomadic. What are your favorite places you've lived in? Um, for me, it would be Bangladesh and South Africa. Those are the last two places that I lived. I think it's honestly because I like all my friends. Like my closest friends are either from South Africa or either from Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. And um, in each of those places, it was really the people that um, that made it. I think I th I think Bangladesh takes the edge just a little bit because when I was a little bit older and I could really appreciate the culture, like I took the time to like make make as many friends as I could, and I still like engross myself in that in that culture. I think in South Africa we were a little more reserved from everything else that was going on, but in Bangladesh we were like in the thick of it. Yeah, um, I have only lived in South Africa and Namibia in addition to the States. And I would say South Africa is my favorite. Um, I mean, I spent the most time there, but, you know, there's a connection there that kind of like that hometown feeling of connection that, like, I feel like it's very hard to replicate once you have it in a place. Yeah, I, you know, growing up the years that I did there, like, I think has a lot to do with it as well. And, like, yeah, I, I think it's really like the same the same years that you were in Bangladesh, like, is when I really started to enjoy the South Africa more. It's like what you know, it's like the ages you are when you start experiencing certain things, and you're able to like, drink. Yeah, you can drink, do all the debauchery, drive yourself wherever you want, and like be wherever you want, and no yeah. one cares, and like you know, you really get a feel of like, although. You know, you're for me 17 at the time. Like, you you get a feel of kind of what it is to be a a little bit more independent in a foreign country. Yeah, like, drive to the to the corner store, get some Borvoir, oh, get yeah. some beer. Oh, oh every yeah. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Borvoir's miss that. <laughs> yeah, for real though. 
How has it been like creating relationships at a young age and maintaining them and even maintaining your guys' relationship? Mm. Well, let me tell you, if you're bad at communicating like I am, it's very <laughs> difficult um, just because people are, you know, people just disperse, man, and like, you know, we all kind of end up all over the place. The, the thing about it is, uh, is like everyone is, we kind of have a, like even people that are not as close as we are, yeah. like we all kind of have this like unspoken bond that you can kind of show up wherever or like you can hit up someone out of the blue, like, hey, I'm like. I'm coming to Prague, or, like, I'm coming to, like, Ho Chi Minh, or, like, I'm coming, you know, wherever, wherever it is, and, like, there's kind of, like, that mutual understanding that people look out for each other. The relationships that you build are sh- are strong, like, with people that are also in those similar situations, but it is difficult when you move around a lot, and, like, once people kind of go their separate ways, you know, if you're, if you're a friend group or something that has been, you know, together, it's, like, it, it becomes harder once people are further away and you, know, you kind of have to like, and, and people get older and you have more responsibilities and things. It's not, you know, as simple as just taking the like, you know, college trip to wherever on a weekend. But I think, you know, with the advent of technology and Facebook Messenger, all things are possible. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's really been a huge help in like keeping contact, and yeah, keeping contact with people, but also like, keeping up with people and like knowing how even if you like even if you haven't talked to someone for a long time you know it's like people are still kind of like kind of in each other's lives and, and you pick up and you course. and you pick up like where you left off basically yeah, in, exactly. that, in that relationship yeah. Yeah. and um i would say our group is definitely pretty unique like we somehow ended up all in the same area yeah. but but again like we were, like, the only African-American kids in the school, so we had to connect. Like, in order for us to feel more like ourselves, we had to, like, connect with other people that looked like us. Mm-hmm. And so then, from that age, like, obviously, we, we kept being friends, and then we kept making efforts, and we went to Atlanta. We did, like, a whole bunch of... We still made effort to, like, hang out mm-hmm. and all that. Like, whether it's through Facebook Messenger or whether it's through, like, MySpace or High Five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, High Five! Oh, my God! <laughs> Whether it was through High Five back in the day, like, I think we created a bond back then that continued, like, no matter, like, we were going to figure out a way to get in touch with each other, and we were going to hang out with each other. Like, it was going to happen regardless. Facebook's kind of funny that way. I remember when, like, all these privacy talks and everything came up, and people were like, well, I'm just going to delete my Facebook. And I think we all have that option. (laughs) It's like, damn it, he's spying on us, but... My friends in Japan. I don't know how else to talk to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What about romantic relationships? How has that been different navigating that in places you grew up in in the United States? Mm, right <laughs> I, around the clock. So this might be like because of of like my base in like African culture. Um, is that I never did like any dating until I got out of college. Because, like, dating is a thing you do when you're planning on marrying someone or, like, you know, going through that long-term relationship. It's something serious. So in high school, it's like, I'm going to leave. And then in college, it's like, I don't know where I'm going to be. Like, why would I want to put that strain on a relationship? So I just never did it. Like, consciously. I was like, I'm not going to get into a relationship. Damn, right. Because it's not going <laughs> to lead to, like... 
a long-term thing. Not with that attitude. Not about that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not a serial monogamous like myself. <laughs> uh, you know, that's just like the difference. Because like, I know you guys know about like the African culture. It's like you don't, one, you don't talk about dating. Oh, yeah. And then you don't bring like the partner around. And then Unless you finish yeah, school. <laughs> And then you tell your parents you're engaged, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. she better be fucking great." We're not to fuck this one up after 20 years of planning. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like for me, I, um, you know what? This is actually getting super introspective because now I, I don't think I've ever thought about this before. <laughs> but I've been in a lot of long-term relationships, and. Maybe that has something to do with it. You know, maybe a part of it is, like, you kind of, like, are trying to keep some sort of, like, stability or, like, have some sort of, like, continuity that isn't always, like, a given for you when you're, like, you know, a third culture kid or expatriate living abroad where it's, you know, you're potentially moving a lot and things like that. I've had a lot of, like, long-distance relationships, which I hate. And I always tell myself I'm never going to do it again, but I always, like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's yeah. real? That's it's real bad. That's like a hangover. My first, my first long-distance relationship was when I was in South Africa, and she was in um, Japan. And it was bad. And I was in high school, and I was like, damn. I wanted to, like, slap myself in the face as a kid. Uh, I think also it, it, like, the type of people that you look for, you kind of, like, like, for me, it's, like, my like you kind of like expect a certain bar of like people being exposed to certain things mm-hmm. culturally and like geographically in the world like able to relate it's hard it's super hard to relate to people that are are like the further they are from our experiences the harder it is to relate to like i don't know it's, it's interesting for me i just found like i've i've connected more with people that have more similar experiences to i to what i have so like my girlfriend now, she she lived abroad for a while. Like, I would consider her a TCK um, for, like, you know, a portion of her childhood. And, like, so she kind of relates to a lot of those things growing up. And, like, um, it's harder when, when that's not the case. I don't know. Yeah, I think relating is incredibly important. I think I've definitely gravitated towards people that have had those similar experiences. For me, it's very important that they also mesh well with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, you know, a reflection of who I am, right? And uh, there have been times where, um, like, my friends would, in the middle of a conversation, interject with, like, their native language. And I wouldn't think it twice about it, yeah. but she would think twice. Like, she would be like, oh, damn, like, I didn't get that part of the, yeah. like, I didn't get that part of the sentence. <laughs> like, oh. But, I mean, they're just certain, like, right? and I would also say, to, to talk about a, a conversation we had before, one of the things is that um, I found when you're dating in America, um, people don't have manners here. <laughs> like it's not like a it's not like a thing to think about the other person. Like we'll you know buy food. Like we'll make sure we have food. We'll yeah. make sure we have all these different things that we've learned overseas that we bring here, or like opening the door. Like it's little things like that that we've been taught growing up that are very important to. Uh, uh, to our families and then becoming very important to us Mm -hmm. but those things don't necessarily carry on for other people Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's it's not like feeling some type of way about it it's just being like hey look like this is partly how i how i like him how (laughs) you know you um 
I would definitely say meshing it's it's easier to mesh with someone that's that's been through something very similar mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, I would say definitely in romantic situations like that's that's yeah. probably my own, my MO. But talking about long dating relationships, like when you're a TCK, distance is nothing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nothing. Like you're, all, you're all up on the Sky Machine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Skype's your friend. <laughs> yeah, like you feel like you're still, like, because you're doing that with your family, you're talking back yeah. to your family, you're talking back to other friends, like you feel like they're still there, a part of your life. Yeah. So long-distance relationships are, are regular-ass relationships. Mm-hmm. Like the communication say. is still there. Yeah, yeah. communication yeah. is still there. So what's something that U.S. culture and society has all fucked up? <laughs> Yo, I think paying for parking. I'm never gonna get over this, dude. I'm annoyed every time I have to pay someone. It's all I ever got. I flip someone a five red coin who just Yo, happened to be sitting it. near my. No, this is just a man that happened to be sitting next to my car. It's like he would be sitting there anyways, but it's like watch this for me. Like have keep an eye on it. Yeah. But now I have to like pay twenty dollars to park in a garage where no one watches my car. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hate that. everywhere. Like, we've been taught, like, America's the great. America the great. And we're not... You know, there's so many other... There's so many things that other cultures bring to the world that make... That, that, that make you feel, you know, cared for, loved. Like, there's so many other things that I would say I've gotten in Africa mm-hmm. that, I would ne- that I would never even think about in the, in the States. Like, if... I was down on my luck or something like that. Like I could expect like someone else within my village or someone else within my community to help me back up mm-hmm. and to take care of me. Or if I had kids, take care of my kids like that. I, I understand like in the States, it's all about making money and we're capitalists and that's capitalism, just, man. that's just the way it is. But sure. yeah, yeah, but I, I would just say that, yeah, there's just so much more that other cultures can bring that bring out of, bring the best out of their, out of their people. Like, I've heard people talking about, like, stuff here. There'll be stories about, like, family mm-hmm. who, like, mistreat each other because of, like, money and stuff like that. I'm like, that would never happen. Like, well, it would some sometimes, but, like, much less overseas. Yeah. Because it would be way more, like, why wouldn't you help your family? Yeah. Like, what's, like, that's weird. Why wouldn't yeah. you do that? Here, it's kind of like... Well, yeah, it's your money. Like, you can do what you want with it. Or, like, mm-hmm. yeah, why would you help them? Like, people are very, like, for lack of a better term, just, like, self-centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about you. It's, like, hyper-individualism. Where, like, it's about me. Mm-hmm. It's all about me. If it affects me negatively, it's okay for me to, like, not help other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Which doesn't even make sense if you look at it, like most of the things we have it's because other people developed it or like helped us get there you know like no one's born in a vacuum everybody's like had support groups growing up and everything like that yeah it's like overseas i've definitely like been out just like partying and stuff and just like met random ass people and like they would buy us drinks without us asking we'd buy them drinks yeah and just everybody would be out having fun yeah here, people be like, I got the last round, so, like, you're getting the next round. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you'd get a Venmo like, request. Yeah. And it's, like, it's all about, like, you're counting the money. It just reduces from the quality of, yeah. like, the experience we're having. Yeah. And I get it a lot, too. It's, like, 
just if you look at the economics of what's going on, it's like it's becoming harder to like live and be in America because just like the expectations, like you get a house, you get the car, you get the dog, white picket fence. It's something you're taught growing up. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't exist with the numbers anymore. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that just doesn't work. And so there needs to be like a big shift towards doing that. So I think a lot of people are just like more interested in, you know, trying to save up, I guess, in a little bit. Yeah. Where like overseas, it's like be gracious to other people, yeah. like have better experiences. Being gracious like, and being community. grateful. Yeah. Those are yeah. two things that you definitely yeah. learn from being, from, cult, from culture yeah. in general. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. just bigger than yourself. Yeah. You, know, you have more people to be accountable to you have more people that like your actions or your you know you know your your way of living affects right it's like it's like your you know your your people around you are also you know kind of a part of who you are and vice versa yeah it's a reflection of who you are but then again it all like depends as well you know like regions like Kathy's saying like she lives in the south and people are like good morning you know Yeah. yeah and you're like that's an awesome I know in Tanzania if you don't say good morning like how are you yeah people literally won't talk to you yeah. <laughs> right? no they will stay there they'll like smile at you and they'll yeah. be like good morning good morning yeah good morning but like in the states it's like hey when does this train this bus leave yeah. right yeah. never happened there you'd be yeah. like I remember I made that mistake once like I walked up to somebody and I was like oh hey do you know when like where this bus is going and they're like good morning <laughs> and I was like, oh well, shit, I forgot. Hey, how are you sorry. doing? Yeah. I'm doing well. How's your family? Like, <laughs> I've never met this person in my life. I will never see them again. And I was like, parents are doing well. Right. You know? Yeah. They got a new couch. They're enjoying it. Oh, they're liking the new couch. They're loving the new couch. How's your family? Yeah. Here it'd be like, you have mental issues you're talking to yeah, about my family. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Seriously. Yeah. Like, you guys have given me a completely, like, paradigm shift. I never knew what a third culture kid was until Kathy mentioned it. I, and I was curious, but you guys gave me a lot of insight, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really fascinated by how fluid your identities are mm-hmm. and how you're not very like non-conventional and like sticking into one lane. You're just kind of like just going mm-hmm. about it, you know? That like, was the first word, yeah. like, word that came to mind, fluid. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning in. Please follow us on Instagram at Estoyaki Podcast and listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review us. Also, don't forget to share with your abuelita, your sister, your parents, whoever can use a dose of spice. This episode was produced by Maria Hortel. Music brought to you by the guys themselves, Amari and Donovan. We'd really like to thank them for so courageously (laughs) sharing their music from the early 2000s. We'd like to give a special thanks to the guys, Amari, Donovan, and Raphael, for sharing their time and space with us. Also, if you live in the DMV area or find yourself in D.C. spring 2019, check out Rage Cage and follow them on Instagram at RageCageDC. This is an entrepreneurial venture Amari's taking off, helping you relieve stress by breaking things. Word. Besitos. Ciao. Far was at the bottom, now we're rocking from the top of the globe. We don't even know how we got to this point. That's where we're supposed to be. Sitting on a